What's up, friends? Welcome to Date to Mate, the show where I try to help you suck less at dating. Today, we discuss relationship friction, and no, it's not the red flag we've always believed it to be. Find out why a healthy amount of friction in your love life is necessary to keep the spark going. If this sounds interesting to you, keep listening, and as always, enjoy the show. Alrighty, folks, I'm sure you can probably hear it in the introduction. If not, I'm going to let you know right now. I'm a bit under the weather this week, so I apologize if uh, my voice sounds a little crazy. It's the time of year, man. I was traveling last week, visiting some family, got to see my Steelers get their butts kicked by a sorry Patriots team. You know, it is what it is, but hey, love visiting family. Go for the experience. It's not about the outcome. It's the journey, right? what we all say. Well, today we're going to be discussing something I think is super interesting and a little bit nuanced, and that is friction in relationships. So over the course of time, I guess, but specifically over the last couple of years, um, as I've gotten older, I've certainly had my notion of what a healthy relationship is be challenged and redefined. As I've had more experiences, uh, as I've talked to other people that have had other experiences, I have increasingly found that what I thought I knew is not actually the way things work. Um, Go figure, right? We're learning new things all the time. But I wanted to talk about this idea of friction more specifically today because I feel like a lot of people don't really understand, um, well, one, that friction is necessary and important in a relationship. It's actually a good thing to have um, a healthy amount of friction. Um, But the other thing too is that just because a relationship has friction doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. And that uh, while there are certainly different types of um, fights and arguments and situations, we definitely don't want to have in our relationship with our partners, a good amount of healthy tension does go a long way into actually keeping the spark going and putting us into a place where we can actually enjoy our partners, our lives, feel like we're growing and developing and keep it interesting and not boring. So we're going to go through friction, the whole concept of that. We'll look at some of the ideas behind um, you know, understanding like why certain types of friction are bad, why other types of friction are great and necessary, and then we'll sort of wrap things up with um, just my kind of list of do's and don'ts when it comes to identifying and looking at friction as it might show up in your life. So we'll start with the beginning and just the whole term of friction and what do I mean by that? Um, No, I do not mean necessarily physical friction, although I can tell you if you have a healthy amount of mental and emotional friction, you'll probably find yourself with some more physical friction. Wink, wink, you know what I'm talking about. Um, No, seriously though, like friction, polarity, give and take, that pull, that is actually what um, creates, I think, a lot of sexual tension in a good way in a relationship. And that might sound crazy, but think about um, the concept of makeup sex, right? How many times you get into like a crazy argument with someone, um, a, you know, someone you're seeing, a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, and then all of a sudden afterwards, you just kind of like want to channel that rage now into like sexual release. Well, there's a reason for that, and I and I definitely think it's because to a certain degree, tension allows for you to be challenged in a way where it taps into some of your more um, primal and and growth areas of your brain and just your emotional system. So. That's why we, as much as like challenges in our lives, you know, think about difficult tasks, barriers, things that we need to overcome in the moment, they suck. We feel like we could avoid them or we want to get away from them. Uh, But then afterwards, we feel like this rush of emotion and this like 
triumph when we conquer those things. And I, and I believe a lot of it has to do with the same sort of concepts, which is like, it feels good to do hard things, to make it through difficult things. And, you know, makeup sex generally comes on the backside of a resolution. So you have an argument and then there's a resolution. I'm not saying that you fight, it goes terribly, you MF each other, you break up and then you start banging. I'm just saying that, that those types of things, you know, there, there's a reason they're a cliche and that they happen in all the rom-coms and stuff and that people talk about it because it's actually a real thing. Now, when I talk about friction in the sense of the emotional and the mental friction, what I more so mean there is there are going to be ideas and concepts that your partner is going to bring to the table. And those things are going to be different, not all the time, but a lot of time. And when those different perspectives, viewpoints come in, many of us become defensive, especially if they challenge notions and concepts in our lives that we have a strong tie and identity to. So politics, religion, those are like huge, huge um, areas where people tend to put a lot of their identity in. Um, same thing with like sports or sports teams. Experienced that myself with my Pittsburgh Steelers last week. Like I'm a huge fan, always going to be a huge fan. If you come in here wearing a Ravens jersey or a fucking Bengals jersey and you start talking shit to me, automatically I'm just going to start getting fired up and, and enraged. And no, I'm not going to be open-minded to hearing how your team is better than mine. It's the same concept with all these other things too when it comes to relationships and dating. Um, but the thing is, that's not always a bad thing, right? Having other perspectives, having someone kind of be in your face, talk to you, get you to um, look at things in a different light isn't a bad thing, but it oftentimes feels uncomfortable while it's happening. So when I think about friction for people in their relationships and in their marriages, I think about first being able to recognize when a situation is is becoming friction-filled. So understanding when, hey, I'm not feeling so great. My partner is doing this that's um, rubbing up against me in the wrong way or they're behaving in a certain way that rubs me the wrong way. Like Being able to identify that first is the key first step, okay? The other part of that comes with then what do you do as a result? So now that you've identified that it's happening, a lot of times people – want to do one of two things. They either want to run away from it or they want to fight it, right? Fight or flight. But in a lot of cases, the best thing you can do is actually just sit there and absorb whatever is being said, whatever behavior is happening, and actually not reacting to it. We've talked about this concept in the past too with other things. You know, When a stimulus comes, we have the option to either accept it, reject it, do nothing about it. And a lot of times just waiting and sitting around and letting our emotions sort of settle is the best move. So those are the kinds of things that we want to keep in the top of our mind, right? We want to be able to to constantly identify things when they come through to us. So when we notice that something is making us filled with tension or starting to cause friction, we want to say, hey, I recognize this. Then we want to pause and evaluate. Let the whole thing go to its end. And then let's wait a little bit if we can. So if we're in, starting to have an argument with a partner or they're coming to us with a different perspective, it benefits us most of the time to just hear the whole thing out. And it's a lot harder in practice, like easier said than done. I totally get that. I've been at this point and I still have to actively practice being able to be a strong listener and not letting my emotions or the fear of my ideas and identity being challenged prevent me from actually hearing what someone is saying, right? So we want to do that. We want to get through that whole process if we can. This is like 10 out of 10 circumstance. I know a lot of the times you're not going to get to this point, so that's fine. If you haven't, that's okay. But this is what we're striving for. It's the ideal. Now, 
if we have this friction, what we'll find is it does challenge us to grow in a lot of ways. It does challenge us to open our minds and eyes to different perspectives. Now, not always are those perspectives going to be the right ones. Sometimes we are actually correct and this challenge that's coming to us isn't meant to or change our minds. It's not necessary that we go on to a different course. But what is and may be necessary, I should say, is being able to understand and at least internalize someone else's point of view and respect it. Whether we agree with it or not, we want to respect it. And that friction is really important because it challenges us to not only open our perspectives, but it also challenges us to look at who we are as people and then make conscious decisions going forward about whether or not we want to try to work on these things, acknowledge them, or if we decide, hey, you know, I'm happy staying the course I'm on. I appreciate what you said, but it's not going to work out. And here's a good example for that because I know a lot of times when we talk about things in abstract, it's very difficult sometimes to, to keep up with the whole concept played through. So let's discuss an actual example of this. One second. So let's say that your wife comes home and she decides, I want to paint the living room blue. And you're like, I do not want the living room to be blue. I like it, it to be white as it is. And you're talking back and forth and back and forth. And she's like, well, it should be blue because of this, that, and the other. Now, you know deep down in your heart that your wife's a better interior designer than you. She has a better skill set, a better eye for design. What she's coming to you and saying is probably the thing that you should do because you're an idiot and don't know how to actually stage anything in, in a way that looks presentable. You're just lazy and don't want to actually do the painting because you know you'll be the one that ends up doing the, the like all the legwork. And I get it. Been there. But anyways, you're going back and forth in this. You're starting to argue. Well, what you realize is um, in a simple case like that, you know, you're what feels on the surface, this idea that I just want the room to be this way because I like it this way. What you start to realize in a lot of cases as you pull back the layers is like, I actually really didn't care about the room. I just cared about all the other stuff that came along with it. And I didn't want to feel like I was surrendering my point of view or my feelings uh, to someone else and let them make the decision. It's an ego thing. It's a pride thing. And I understand that. And in cases like that, you, I think, will learn over time. Um, and this is men and women. I just gave this example where we're conceding to our to our woman, but it can work the other way too. That sometimes you don't know all the answers and it's okay for someone else to be right and take control and for that to have a better outcome in the end than if you didn't allow it to happen. So that's one example, simple example. There's other meaningful examples too, though, um, more so that actually have real implications. The color of your living room isn't going to really affect your lives to a huge degree. But when you want to have children does, whether or not you're going to drink or party or smoke around your kids, whether or not you're going to decide that you want to spend all your money on partying and going on vacations or you know you want to save for the future and for catastrophes that might pop up. Those are certain situations where our partner will come to us and maybe challenge our preconceived notion. And that friction, being able to have someone basically hold up a mirror to you and say, this is who you're showing up as. And just because it's you looking back at you doesn't mean this is totally exactly 100% okay or perfect or the way it should be. 
Now, no one can be perfect, but we should at least be striving to do so. And so that mirror allows us to remind ourselves that, hey, we are not perfect and that this person who we've chosen to commit to ourselves or commit ourselves to for at least somewhat of a long term, if you're just dating the long term, if you're engaged or married, you want to be able to keep this concept always in the back of your head that this person is here because I chose them. They chose me and they're here to challenge me. It's not here to be easy. How many times have we all heard that old freaking cliched saying of, if anything in life is easy, it probably is not worth it. Or the more common, anything in life worth having isn't easy to obtain. Variations of that, you know what I'm talking about. I'm sure you've heard it at some point or another. But these are really important things to remind ourselves because we always, as human beings, primitive species, beings, whatever you want to call us, I don't. I don't know, whatever. We always have this draw to doing the efficient thing. So being lazy, doing the least to get the most, just a common human preservation thing. It's an energy conservation thing. So in a lot of cases, we are going to look to take the easy way out, the shortcuts. And that's okay to have those feelings because that's how we're wired as human beings. But what's not okay is the inability to remove ourselves from that and challenge ourselves to become uncomfortable, to see the perspective that maybe we don't always want to seek out or or see or hear, even when it's right in front of our face, right? There are certain cases where it feels better to ignore those things and to hold our ground. The ego is fed in those moments or getting exactly what we want, which is to maintain the status quo. Change is uncomfortable for a lot of people. And so it's only natural that when these friction type of situations come up, that you're going to to feel like you want to retract. But being able to be challenged, recognize those things, have the challenge, and then evolve as a result of it, even if it's a minor change or a minor um, evolution, those are all really important things. They do make you better people and a better person at the end of the day. And that's what's most important. We're trying to improve as an individual and collectively in our relationships as we go through life. There's nothing better than growing yourself and also growing alongside the people that you love and care about. So if you want to construct a strong social network, a strong family network of people that are like-minded, that give a shit about growth and are easy to talk to and, and have that willingness to have that friction then you're going to have a lot of success and you're going to spend more time building memories, having awesome experiences than fighting and and having the bad friction. And so that's a great segue into talking about this next piece, which is the bad friction. These are things that I think do not belong in a relationship and do not class as like proper healthy tension that you want to have in a relationship. So abuse of any kind, physical, mental, emotional, you know, gaslighting, lying, cheating, things along that nature. That could be classed as friction, but those are egregious acts and and things. Those do not belong in your relationship. You're the master of your own ship. You're going to tolerate, care about things to a certain degree more or less than every other person. You're going to have your own categories, your own levels of what you are willing to accept and not accept. That is on you to make those decisions. But I will tell you right now, lying, cheating, stealing, 
all of the bad things they tell you not to do growing up and the things that religions harp on and all that shit. There's a reason why billions of people think that shit's bad. It's probably not good for you. It's not good for your soul. Okay. And whether or not you believe in God or any of that stuff or karma, at least you should try to believe in that. You know, there is some type of energy out there and what you put out does tend to come back to you. Maybe not right away. Um, but any of those things that you have in your relationship, you should not let them fly. You should not let them happen if they are on that list of um, not cool friction. That's what I like to call it. Um, so get rid of the not cool friction because that's bad stuff. Um, those are also situations too that they don't make you better a better person. They make you a worse person. They're toxic. They also don't allow your partner to grow um, or advance in their lives. It, it really makes them degenerate. Like it makes them degrading. It, it it takes away from who they are, their humanity. Same thing to you. You don't want to do those things. So if you find yourself in a situation that entails anything that I just discussed, um, please make sure that you do your best to you know address those things with your partner, make an assessment whether or not this is something that they can change. If, if it's a one-off behavior, if it's something that needs um, intervention from outside parties, like you know yourself, your situation better, but um, please don't stay in anything that you don't need to stay in just for the sake of being there and, and not being alone because friction of that capacity will only um, pollute all the rest of the relationships that you have in your life. And even if you think that it's not, and it's not on the surface, I promise you somewhere, someone, somehow that you engage with will or has already been affected by it. So please keep that in mind as you are navigating your relationship life. Now, if you've been listening to Date to Mate for a while, you've tracked all my episodes, you already know how to identify the right prospect, go out on awesome dates, and effectively avoid, avoid. It's, it's with a knee now instead of an A, avoid situations in the future uh, with red flag people. So you don't even want to put yourself in those positions. Do the date to mate way and you'll find that you have less and less of those not so cool friction scenarios. Now, one of the other things I really want to talk about is um, a situation that I find is more common than not. And it's a little bit of a weirder one because... Well, I shouldn't say weird, but it's a circumstance where someone is in a relationship with a person. A lot of times it's a younger relationship. It's been around for a while. Maybe you guys got together in high school, high school sweethearts, maybe college, and you've been together for like 100 million years. Sometimes people stay together because it's comfortable. I totally get that. Sometimes people stay together because they don't want to be alone. I also get that too. However, if you're in a relationship where there's essentially no friction, so let's say you're with a yes man or woman or someone that just doesn't really care. Um, you don't really have arguments. They don't really challenge you, push you to be a better person. Those kinds of situations while on the surface seem amazing, right? Like I think we all grow up and hear, Oh man, like true love is finding your soulmate and it's amazing. And when you find that person, they're going to agree with everything and you're never going to fight and it's not going to be toxic and messy and blah, 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 blah. Well, that's just not true. It's not the way that it happens in real life and that's okay. So the problem though, is when we have these preconceived ideas around what it's supposed to be like, and we're told, oh, we, we can't, we shouldn't fight, or we shouldn't have these arguments, then it makes us believe that if we're in a circumstance where there is no friction, that that's actually a good thing, but it's not. The reason why it's a bad thing and just doesn't work is without the friction, 
there's no spark. And without the spark, there's no intimacy. There's no connection. There's no vulnerability. And the reason that the friction is necessary to bring those things out is because when you're not being challenged and you're not having, you know, anyone to brush up against you and challenging you to be a better person, you're just naturally going to lose interest. It's not going to feel like as engaging or as fun as it did in the beginning. It's going to feel boring. And a lot of people fall out of love because they get lazy, they stop trying, and they don't even bother fighting anymore. They don't even bother having arguments or you know, one person dominates the the relationship and the other person's codependent. So they just allow it to happen. And that person essentially gets treated like a doormat or they have the propensity to be treated like a doormat and they will allow their partner to come and go do as they please and say whatever they want. And so these are things that we just don't want to, to happen because if we allow these things to become the norm and we allow them to happen, then we leave the door open to hurting our partner's feelings down the road uh, we waste time that we could be spending challenging ourselves with another person. And ultimately, we create the opportunity to have a sexless, boring, loveless existence with another person that deserves better than that. And you deserve better than that as well. So, you know, I love the couple that says, oh, we never fight. It's like, bro, if you never fight, then you should consider who you're with. And also be honest with yourself. It's not like a badge of honor or it doesn't make you cool if you don't argue with your partner. I think everyone is so afraid, especially in the world of social media, social, Jesus, today. Can you tell I'm a little bit off? I, I can't even speak, I swear to God. But like in the world of social media these days, it's really hard to show people the ugly, the messy, because that's not what sells. Everybody shows this polished, perfect life where they never argue, they never have any problems. Every day is rosy, peachy, sunshine, amazing. You're, I'm on vacation. It's like every single day this person's on vacation? No, dude. Every single day they're having steak and caviar and going out to dinner and doing all this amazing stuff? No. People curate their lives. They show the best parts. Most people who post on social media are fucking miserable. I know. I've been there. Okay? This is going to offend some people, but I swear there's a strong correlation between emotional unhappiness and the frequency of social media posting. The ghosts tend to have the most. <laughs> Just a fact. Put that on a fucking bumper sticker. The ghosts have the most. It's true, dude. When it comes to social media, the people that are um, infrequent flyers tend to be doing better in their lives. And I don't know if that's like um, – something that is broadly correlated that everyone is super aware of if it's something a trend that you know unless it's your job right or unless you're like me who does a fucking podcast that five people listen to in those cases you know posting is actually beneficial for the brand but for individuals a lot of times the people that post are just trying to um, cover up some insecurity or lack that they have in their life um, and that's essentially what a relationship without tension does dude it's covering up in emotional insecurity it's covering up a lack it's you know filling the space with someone um, or something rather than someone um, and that's harsh but that's essentially what those people that don't challenge us be, become in our lives. The people that don't challenge us become essentially objects that occupy space. 
So we don't want those things to happen. Um, well, that's pretty much everything I wanted to cover today on friction. Uh, hopefully you guys got a little bit of a glimpse into why I think it's important. Um, you understand now why it's very easy to, you know, not have the arguments, not challenge one another, not speak our minds, stand up for what we believe in. But just like in all other facets of our lives, it's extremely important to stand up for what we believe in in relationships, but also be self-reflective and understand where it's time, you know, when the time and where the place is to put our foots down and say, you know what, I'm not going to allow myself to engage in the same ruminative behaviors, thoughts, um, the things that cause me to stay the same and not allow me to progress and develop into who I need to be in my life to be the best version of myself. Sometimes we actually have to put the foot down to ourselves and say, no, enough is enough. I'm actually going to listen to someone else. I'm going to allow someone else uh, to do the talking, to give me a perspective in the hopes of just getting a little bit better every day. So insert friction into your life. And this goes beyond everything else too. insert friction into everywhere that you can. Um, it's called willing, like willing difficulty. That's what you should do. Willing barriers, willingly put things in your path, learn how to destroy them and overcome them because everything else will become a lot easier. So I appreciate everyone listening as always. Love and support is amazing. Hope you enjoyed this one. Hoping to be back better and healthy for next week's episode, but appreciate, appreciate Jesus. All right. I appreciate you guys bearing with me, especially with my friggin' inability to talk. So, uh, love you guys as always. Um, Enjoy the rest of the night, evening, month, year, blah, 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 blah. We only have a couple days left. Tell the people that you love, you love them. Call a friend, say what's up. Uh, in the meantime, much love.